Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. The story of us. You know, it's amazing to me, isn't it? A story is powerful, right? And your story is powerful. Uh, and, and honestly, people don't really know you until they know your story. Are you with me? Like you ever have somebody pass judgment on you and you're like, don't even, until you've walked a mile in my shoes, buddy, don't even think about talking to me about where I've been and what I do and don't get in my business. Because the thing is, is that you, until you know somebody's story, you don't really know somebody. You don't know where they came from. And I think it's amazing to me that God, in this passage of scripture, Jesus says this, I want you to go back and tell your story. You know, I think a lot of people make telling people about Jesus too complicated. One of the most powerful things you can do is just to tell somebody your story. What God has done in your life and what he's done through you and, and, and the amazing things that he's brought, uh, brought, brought you through. When you be, just begin to tell somebody that, they begin to hear it because they don't really want to know what you know. They want to know what you've been through, what God's done in your life. And so here's the thing is that once a year uh, on our birthday, we love to just pause all of our series. And, and as you saw earlier, we're doing a brand new series next, next week, starting next week. But we like to pause all of our series and just talk about our story because you're you might be here for the first time and you're thinking well I'm checking this church out I'm gonna see what's like see how everything's going but the truth is is that you really want to know us you have to know our story and know where we've come from you know when uh my kids were about five or six years old they uh they began to ask the question about where did we come from and I was like well I can't tell you all that story but let me start with the part I can tell you. And so they would ask questions. They would always ask Crystal, what was it like being pregnant with me? What was that like? You know, they would ask all these different questions. What was I like as a baby? What was I? And they would just, all these questions. Well, what was I like at two? Until the time that they could remember, they wanted to know their story because a story is powerful. Where you came from is powerful. It makes all the difference in the world. Right now, we're going to give you a book, and our ushers are going to come forward, and they're going to pass out these books, and this is something for you to take home, because it's a a, a daily reminder of the story of us, that just some of the things that we've accomplished, some of the things that we've been through as a church, and some of the things that we've done. So in this book, you're going to see the story of us from this year and what we've accomplished together. And I just want to challenge you that you may find yourself here, like Brian said, and this is your first Sunday here. And your tendency is to be like, well, this is their story. This isn't my story. This is their story. And I just want to tell you that you are in every single page. You're in every single prayer that we've prayed. We believed God for you. And let me just tell you that when this church was birthed in our heart, when it started as a whisper from God that we were to come here, it's now a shout every Sunday morning because you joined us alongside. And so this is your story. It doesn't matter if you've been here for a day, six months, or since the very beginning. I want to tell you that this is your story too. And so the powerful thing about stories is it inspires you and it lets you know that I love to hear 
are good faith-filled stories because it kind of gives me hope that God can still do miracles today. And so today we're just going to tell you different stories because here's the thing is when you look through that book, you're going to see some pretty big numbers. And sometimes when we see a big number, our tendency is to just go, well, that's an impressive number. That's good for them. And we forget that every number is a person and every number has a name and every number represents somebody's daughter, somebody's brother, somebody's aunt, somebody's grandpa. And today we want to tell you the numbers, but we also want to tell you the names behind the numbers, a few stories. So the first story I want to tell you is the story of salvation. You'll see in your booklet that we saw in our second year as a church, 1,079 people give their life to Jesus. Come on, can we give up a big hand clap for that? Isn't that awesome? Since our first service, are you ready for this? Since our very first service, we've seen 1,758 people give their life to Jesus. Come on, can y'all just give a big hand clap? Not a golf clap, but a good clap. And I want to tell you, you're a part of that. You know, every Sunday we have over 700 people come together and worship and lift up the name of Jesus. And those numbers are really big numbers. But I want to tell you a a story. And this lady's story, her name is Susie. And I was at Walmart the other day, and I was getting groceries for my family because we had no food in our house. And uh, so we were, I was getting groceries, and she came up behind me, and it scared me so bad. She goes, Pastor Crystal, is that you? And I stopped, and she goes, you're buying groceries. And I was like, yeah, I'm like a normal wife like everybody else. Don't be as shocked as my kids that I'm at the store getting groceries. And she said, well, I'm so excited to meet you. She said, I've been coming to the Church Race City for three weeks now. And she said, me and my husband, we moved here from Chicago, Illinois, and somebody had invited us to the church. And she said, we were like, no, we looked it up and we saw y'all were a mobile church. And me and my husband were like, we are not going to a mobile church. That's weird. They meet in an elementary school. I want to go to a church building. I do not want to go to a school. Have any of y'all ever thought that? Come on. I see some of you nodding your heads. And so she said, we looked up another church and we were on our way there. And she said, while we were driving, we saw a sign for the Church Roy City. And both of us kind of looked at each other and we're like, let's just go do a drive-by. Y'all ever think about doing a drive-by? Like, I'm just going to do a drive-by and see what these people look like. Well, she drives by and she sees our signs and she sees the parking lot people. And they decide to come in and give it a shot. And she said, from the first song, I started crying. And I didn't stop all through service. And she began to talk about how God just really impacted her. And she said, and that began my story. And I began to think about how her story is so intertwined. Because the amazing thing about a story is every character, you don't know where one character ends and the next begins. Because first, somebody had a story of inviting them by telling their story. But then there was a dream team person that got out that morning and put out a sign for her to find it. And every Sunday, we have a a group of people, our dream team, that tears down and they set up so you can come in and experience the presence of God. Right now in your booklet, you'll see that we have 250, I think it said 258 people on our dream team, but that number's actually grown since we printed these. We now have 277 because we're like rabbits. We just multiply. And so if you're on the dream team, can you just stand up? All my dream team people, can you just stand up? Can y'all give it up for our dream team? Come on, give them a big round of applause. Thank you, dream team. See, here's the thing. If somebody wasn't on the dream team to put that sign out, Susie's story would have never began. 
But she came in that day and she experienced the presence of Jesus because somebody was expecting her. Somebody's story led to somebody else's story. You know, at the Church RC, we're also a story of missions. See, I, I, you'll hear me say this quite a bit, but the truth is, is that we are bigger than these four walls. We are bigger than these four walls, and we refuse to just say, you know what, this is big enough, this is good enough, we're just going to be concerned about our city, and we're just going to work. There's nothing wrong with working and being a part of our city and reaching people in our city, but as a church, we believe that God has called us to reach the world. And here's the deal, is a lot of you won't ever go to the places that some of the people that we support go to, Right? Because I, I hear some of these stories, and I don't know, I'm a little bit of a diva, I think. Because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got malaria when I was there. I'm like, I'm good, man. I got, I got this. You know, I, I don't need malaria. I'm good. So, so but, but they, it's amazing the stories that, that, that happen because we're able to impact so much more. And here's the thing is that as a church, we support people. So there are people with a life call to go to the mission field, to impact people, to tell people about Jesus that have never heard the gospel. And as a church, we support them. You might never go personally to any of those places, but your money is going. And as a church, we gave away $73,231 to missions last year alone. And because of that money... And the people that we support, they saw 134,000 salvations. 134,000 salvations. That means for 55 cents, for every 55 cents we gave away, somebody received Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Now, here's the thing. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in numbers. And we think, oh, well, we gave away a lot of money. But when you really break it down to 55 cents, you can't even buy a Coke for 55 cents. But you can affect somebody's eternity. See, here's the thing is we're making a bigger difference. And and next year we're going to make an even bigger impact. We're going to do more and we're going to reach more because we know this, that God has called us to be bigger than these four walls. Now, 134,000, that's a, a big number. But the truth is, behind every number, there's a name. Keegan was a little girl who was eight years old. And she had a massive tumor on the side of her neck. And the tumor continued to grow and grow and grow. It got to the point to where it was affecting a lot of stuff. She couldn't do much, and, and they were worried that it was actually going to impose uh, keep, keep her from breathing the right way. And so they were concerned, obviously, as parents, they, they took their kid to the doctor and, and, and tried to figure out what, was, what to do. And the doctor said, we can't operate on it. There's just no way we can do it. They went to specialists. They tried everything. And uh, Keegan's family and her were all Muslim. And, uh, and so they were like, well, I don't know what else to do. And, and here's the thing is when your kid is sick, you'll do about anything, right? You're, there's kind of, hey, let's try it. Let's just get this Let's get my kid well. And, and they heard about a crusade going on in their country. And Bernie Moore was doing a massive crusade. And they heard, they, they caught wind of this, and they thought, you know what? 
we're Muslim, but we'll do anything. We'll try anything. They'd heard some stories, and they thought, well, if it's even possible, if, it's, if there's any, even a chance, let's go and see what will happen. So they took Keegan. And at the very end of the crusade, uh, Bernie Moore, a man who we support, who's an evangelist, he stood up and he said, I believe that God is here to heal. And so if, you're, if you have any sickness in your body, come forward. And here came Keegan. And they laid hands on Keegan, and before their eyes, the tumor began to shrink and shrank to the point to where she no longer had the tumor in a moment. Come on, I'm telling you right now, some of you are like, well, that ain't possible. I'm telling you, Jesus is still a healing God, amen? He did it, he did it then, he can do it today. And what happened then wasn't, that wasn't the biggest miracle. The biggest miracle was that her entire family surrendered their life to Jesus, come on, because of what God did. See, here's the thing, is behind every big number, there's a name. Good. I love the story of Keegan. That it makes me like so touched, and especially since Shane and Ashley here that go to our church, their daughter's name is Keegan. And so I can assure you that you're giving here at the Church Ridge City. Her parents would say thank you. And so we're making a difference. The next story I want to tell you is the story of groups. The story of groups. I, I'm, gonna, I'm bad at sayings, but I'm going to do this. So, Grace, if I mess it up. But we say here at the Church Ridge City that we're not a church with community groups. We're a church of community groups. That's right. <laughs> and, but here's the thing is that every Sunday, yes, we come in and we corporately worship. But let me tell you, true life change happens in a community group. And I love my community group. I, me and Brian both, we have community groups. There is nothing better than when you get into a room with people and people begin to open up and begin to pray with you and believe with you. And y'all begin to stand together and believe God to do great things. It's amazing what happens. At the Church Race City, we have 34 community groups. That's awesome. Uh, 34 community groups of people getting together. Literally, we have a group that meets every day of the week. Um, some of them... It's like multiple times a week. And this is the reason why. It's because we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to get into a group. If I just can for a second, all my group leaders and all my host homes, can you just stand up, all my community group leaders and host homes? Come on, can you give it up for all my community group leaders? Y'all are awesome. Awesome. See, here's the thing is community groups are powerful and 34 community groups is great. And we have literally hundreds in attendance every week. That's good, but there's always a name behind a number. And I want to tell you the story of Brittany. Brittany came into her first community group. Her and her husband weren't in church and she got invited to go to a mom's community group. And she came in, and she was just done, if we could be honest. Uh, she had two young kids. Her husband's a firefighter. And she was just overextended and stressed out. And she came into that community group. Her faith wasn't as strong as what she wanted it to be. She didn't have a church home. She didn't have a community of people around her to believe with her and stand with her. And she came into that group, and she said, she goes, honestly, I think how I just poured everything out in my first group. I just began to just tell them, guys, hey, I don't have it all together. I'm not a perfect mom. And all the other moms were like, great, we're not perfect either. You're in the right community group. But she began to go to that community group and through that began to build relationships. And with those relationships, her faith began to grow. 
her and her husband began attending the church Roy City. And through that, now her entire family is now coming to the church. And through that, she told me just this last semester, she said, Crystal, my story began in a community group. And it's not enough that my life was impacted. Now I want to do something so somebody else's story can begin. And now Brittany hosts a community group every week where she's seeing people come together and their lives are being changed the same way her life was changed. And so come on, isn't that awesome? Why? Because every story inspires another story and they're all interwoven together. You know, the thing is, is that our story continues. We are a church that is always moving. And I think that a lot of churches, and I'm not, I don't name names or anything like that, but a lot of churches, and I think that we are just as likely if we let ourselves to be in danger of becoming stagnant and saying, you know what, this is good. But, but the truth is, is that God wants us to continue to reach more people. We've had an amazing two years as a church. God has done more, th- honestly, than I could I ever dreamed of. I never, I never imagined that our average attendance would be 705 on a, on a Sunday in two years. Never. Never. 300 was amazing. I thought, hey, that's awesome. Like, we're doing good. And God, and, and, and God just continues to bring people in. And here's what's amazing is that God wants us to reach more. Why? So we can be a bigger church? No. Because there's people that you know that need to have an encounter with Jesus. And so we're going to reach more. We're going to love more. We're going to care. See, here's the saying. You, you see the new thing that we've cut theme we, we've come up with is come as you are. And we really want to echo God's invitation and say, I want you to understand that you can come as you are. You can come broken. You can come hurting. You can come addicted. You can come with your uh, uh, malfunction. You can come any way you want. And I'm telling you this because Jesus is the one that changes. You can try and try and try to change, but Jesus is the one that changes you. Come as you are. And we're going to reach more people. We're going to reach your coworkers. We're going to reach your friends. We're going to reach your family. And every seat that we see that's empty, there's a few in this room. Every seat that we see empty, I want my church to be a church that doesn't see an opportunity to spread out, but an opportunity to reach out. That doesn't say, oh, I get to put my bag in my purse right right here by beside me. No, I want them to say, who can I put in that chair? Because if they can hear the message of hope, the message of grace, the message of mercy, if they could be set free, what could God do if we became a church that refused to stay stagnant. We're going to take more ground. I believe that God's called us to be a people that not that doesn't just reach Royce City. And you've heard me say this many times, that I believe that God has called us to plant campuses. He's called us to plant campuses. And when I say that, I want you to hear this. I am this campus's pastor, okay? I'm not going anywhere. People start freaking out. I'm like, it's all right. I love this. I've moved here. I've given my blood, sweat, and tears here. This is where we want to be. But that doesn't mean that God can't, uh, send, we can't send people out to plant other campuses. I had a, a, an older man came up to me about 
a month ago and he was visiting his family and he had been two times he said I, I one time I came I heard Crystal preach and and now then I heard you preach and he said I and I mean this guy's in his 70s and he comes up to me and he says you know I love this church so much but I live in Farmer's Branch would you think about planning a campus there See, here's the thing, is that God wants us to reach more and never get to a place to where we think, well, I'm just going to stay right here and I'm going to stay put and we're going to reach my four and no more. But God wants us to be a church that is always reaching out because there's hurting people in every community. We're going to build a building. Amen. I, I, ha- I, n- I know that... There's a lot of people that are like, well, what's taking so long? It, listen, <laughs> it is a lot of work to build a building. I mean, it's inc- it is crazy how many people have to agree upon the way it looks and the way it is. And, oh, you can't have a curb here. I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, let's just put up a building here. You know, it's, it's all I'm asking for. But, you know, uh, we were getting ready, and man, we were so excited. Everything was really moving. Come on, we have an address now. Yeah, we, have an address. we have an address. I think I, I can't remember what it is. I don't think that's right. Yeah, 2022. I think she's wrong. They don't. They don't even have your mic on. That's how wrong you are. That's how wrong you are. I wish I had a mute button in life, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Not really. Sort of. Kinda. I really am right. Just for the record, <laughs> she says it's Mute 2022. I, I, we'll see. FM 548. But, but, uh, but God. But here's the thing: is that we're we're moving in that process. But here's the thing: is that I was really hoping that today we were going to get to go into a heart for the house campaign, and we were going to get to push forward so that we could uh, get everything that we needed to satisfy the bank, so we could get the loan and we could break ground. That was my plan. But guess what? It didn't happen. And so I had some people say, well, just, you know, we, we know it's going to cost at least this amount, so let's give them that number. But here's the thing is, that as your pastor, I want you to always know you can trust me. And I'm not going to bring out fictitious numbers. I'm going to bring you facts. And so here's the thing is I paused it, said, we're going to wait. We'll get everything. We'll get every bid. We'll know everything that we need, and I'll bring it to you in January. And then we're going to say, you know what? We're going to build a building. I believe that we're going to, man, how awesome would it be to celebrate our third year? Come on. It would be amazing. But here's the thing is that we're not a church that's about a building. We're not a church about buildings. Here's the thing is I didn't sell everything and give all of my savings to build a building. I didn't come here for a building came here for people I came here because of you that's what we gave everything for and so we're never going to be about buildings are we going to build a building absolutely but I'm not about a building it doesn't matter where I meet in a school with purple walls who cares because here's the thing 
is that I have come because Jesus called me because he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go tell your story in Royce City. And I want whoever shows up and whoever hears, I'm going to make an impact because here's the thing is if my story could impact your story, then I've done what God has called me to do. The real story of the church RC is about you. It's about every one of you. Our mission for every person here as a church is number one, that you would know God. And when I say know God, I mean this, actually have a relationship with Jesus. Not a list of do's and don'ts and, well, I read my Bible enough. Is that good? That's absolutely is an amazing thing, but I'm talking about a real relationship with Jesus. The very thing that we strive for every Sunday is that we create an atmosphere for you to encounter Jesus because we know this, that when you truly see Jesus, when you truly know that he's full of grace and he's full of mercy and he literally says this, come as you are, broken, hurt, you can come exactly as you are. The Bible says this, that while you were still in sin, he loved you and he died for you. Here's the thing is God loves you and if you could have a relationship, that's the most important thing that we could do as a church is if you would just say, you know what, I wanna know God, I wanna have a relationship with God. The second thing, that we desire as a church is we want you to find your purpose. We want you to find purpose. It's amazing to me how many people don't realize that they have a calling and they have a purpose. And your calling might not be to sing. Some of you, it's really not your calling. Amen? But every person has a purpose. Can I tell you the fact that you're here tells you that there's a purpose on your life. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1, it says this, that uh, before I knew you, or, or before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I created you for a purpose, is what he's saying. Here's the thing, is I know that your parents might say that you're a mistake, and you were, you were the reason there was a hot hot night in the, uh, in the back seat of a car, and oops, here you come. But here's the thing, is they might not have been planning for you, but God was planning for you, and I'm telling you right now that you were created for purpose, with a purpose, and when, if we as a church can help you find that, that's what we do in our next steps. Is we have 277 Dream Team members, which is amazing. But our desire is that every person understand that they have a purpose. You want to know the happiest people in our church is people that serve? There's some of these people, you walked in and you see them smiling, and they've been here since 6 a.m. Some of you are like, I ain't getting on that team. That's early. 6 a.m. serving and setting up. Why? Because they understand that they were created for a purpose. The other thing we want you to do is we want you to find freedom. Some people think that they can't really live in freedom. But I'm here to tell you that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And here's what's amazing is as a church, you'll hear us say this over and over again, we're not a church of community groups, we're a church. No, we're not a church with community groups. She's got me off, man. I She usually messes it up. We're not a church with community groups. We're a church of community groups. And the reason why 
is because we understand that I, I, it, it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit, but life change doesn't happen here. We come together, we love Jesus, we worship. It's important. This is all important, but the truth is, is life change happens in community groups. When you get around somebody and begin to, uh, I was in one uh, on Thursday, and I'm sitting around, and, I'm, and it's just a, a few guys are sitting around talking, and they just open up. And they begin to say, you know what, I've got some faults, and I've got some failures, and I've got some things that I'm dealing with. And it's amazing when you begin to just talk how God can bring you into freedom. Because he can't heal what you hide. He can't heal what you hide. So that's where we encourage you to get into community. The last thing that we want as a church is for you to make a difference. See, when you truly find your purpose and you begin to serve and you begin to make a difference, there's no greater joy that you'll ever have. And I love, I love this because God has created us to make a difference. He hasn't created just me to make a difference. He hasn't created just Crystal to make a difference. He created every one of us to make a difference. And they and I love these dream team people because they come in, they show up, and they serve, and they help, and they do all of these things, and they're happy. And the reason why they're happy is because they know what they do makes a difference. Because when somebody comes in and and they lift their hand and they say, today I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior, not just a number, but they know that they had an impact on a story because they were willing to rock a baby, because they were willing to set up a sign in the parking lot, because they were willing to play a keyboard, because they were willing to run a camera. Somebody accepted Jesus and their story will never be the same. So as a church, we want you to know God. We want you to find purpose. We want you to find freedom. And we want you to make a difference. Stand on your feet. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.